Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to The Art of Kindness, where we have compassionate conversations with artists from all areas of the entertainment industry who are using their voice to spread joy and make this big spinning planet in the universe a better place to be. I'm Robert Peter Paul, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, AOKers. And just like that, the first month of the year is in the books. How do you feel? Does it feel like it's been more than a month to anyone else? Are the calendars joking? <laughs> Maybe that's because I've been trying to personally ease into 2024. To not rush. And I gotta admit, it's hard for me to actually slow down as a person. You know, for instance, there's this AI feature on Zoom when I record interviews. And afterwards, it will actually rate me. In how fast I talk. It will tell me how fast I talk. And this AI bot, it doesn't have a voice. It's not a person. And yet it's screaming at me that I talk too fast. <laughs> uh, no, it just, it says I, I talk swiftly. Taylor swiftly. <laughs> but I just want to deliver information quickly to people. I don't know. Let me know in the comments. Now that I've pumped the brakes here a little bit and in life, you know, I got to say, I don't hate it. <laughs> the slower lifestyle is nice. So please take a moment with me right now to slow down and listen to a fantastic interview with today's guest, who honestly feels like a new friend. <laughs> Welcome Broadway star Cesar Samayoa to the studio. Cesar Samayoa is an actor and overall ray of sunshine. He has appeared in the original Broadway companies of Sister Act, The Pee Wee Herman Show, and one of my favorites, Come From Away. Even though the show closed, you can still see him in the stunning version they filmed for Apple TV. If you hurry, you can also catch Caesar as Dr. Emilio Amigo in the remarkable Broadway show, How to Dance in Ohio, before it closes February 11th. If you've ever wished you were one of the first to see Rent or Wicked, see How to Dance in Ohio. That's our new Broadway musical about seven autistic young people and their families preparing for a spring formal. Based on a true story. And a documentary, How to Dance in Ohio is exhilarating, groundbreaking, and celebratory. This is the musical you'll talk about for the rest of your life. How to Dance in Ohio. Based on a true story, this heart-filled new musical follows a group of young adults played by seven autistic performers navigating change and preparing for a spring formal dance in Columbus, Ohio. You probably just heard that in the little trailer I played, so I'm not sure why I repeated it, but I felt the need to. Caesar and I discuss this beautiful show, kindness throughout his career, and much more. As always, stay tuned after the interview for your kindness tip of the week with me and special guest, Cassie Peter Paul. I would also appreciate if you could give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts, but of course it's not necessary. Now without further ado, please welcome the kind Caesar Samayoa.
Hello. Hello. Hello, Caesar. How are you? Hi. How are you, Robert? Good to see you. Good to see you too. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yes, definitely. Thank you for.、Um, I think we we went back and forth on scheduling a little bit. So thank you for figuring this out. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's it's a joy that it can finally happen. And I love、yes. your sweater. It feels like. Oh, it's, thank you. So cold it's kind outside. Of perfect, it's perfect for the day. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I know I'm I'm freezing, but I won't make you sit here and and freeze even more and shiver by me doing a really long bio about you. I'll record that later on, so you don't have to worry. That. I gotcha. Unless you would like that, I can I can certainly do it now. But Caesar, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I have had the privilege of seeing you perform a couple times now with How to Dance in Ohio, being the latest, and you're just you're such a bright light on stage. Oh my God! Thank you so much, Robert. You really are. You. You just exude this natural sunshine and light that I feel like you don't even need a spotlight. It's just every time、oh、you walk on, there's this warmth. <laughs> <laughs> You're filling my heart today. Thank you so much for that. Oh well, I I would like to always start out by telling guests who I appreciate coming on here something I admire and love about them, and I really mean that. But it leads perfectly into my first question, which is, how are you at accepting compliments? I have become better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We all, did a good all, job. <laughs> thank you.、Um, but you know, I, I've come to realize that that you know it's important to accept it, right? It, it's important to accept the compliments that are coming to you. I love to give compliments to people, and、um, if I do give a compliment and someone kinds of kind of pushes it away, it makes me feel you know a little a, a, a little bad about it because I'm doing it wholeheartedly, right? Yeah.、Um, And that was a lesson that you know I learned, you know, many years ago at this point. But it's important for me to receive、uh, compliments from people because I know it's coming from a true place and it's coming from their heart, and it means nothing but the best, right? And why should we shun the best part of ourselves? Yes, I love that because it is also an exchange of love. It's about them. As well, just as much. So if you're kind of awkward at the stage door when someone says you were so amazing, and I know I've done this, and you're like, oh well, it, you know, my voice is a little sore today, and you go down a spiral. Oh my gosh! It ruins no, the、I、moment. Used to do that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it takes away from the person's joy, right?、Uh, yeah, it certainly would take away from my joy because I I love to tell people how how much I appreciate them and. Uh, should it be should should the answer be like oh you know like、um, no I don't agree with you or whatever it would、yeah. kind of a little bit of my joy away from doing that yeah well we're gonna keep the joy going today and as we kind of unlock the door to our conversation on your career and kindness I would love to first know what is your definition of kindness Caesar wow my definition of kindness I think. Um, is expressing yourself in your truest、uh, way possible, right?、Uh, without all the filters that we tend to put on top of everything,、mm, that would probably be my definition. Because I do believe that at our core, we want the best for each other, and、mm-hmm. that's truly, you know, we're, we're here to lift each other up、uh, in any way possible. For me, that's the only way we go forward. So my definition of kindness is to be the truest version of myself and to express that to others, express that appreciation because it is co- going to come from a kind and wholehearted place. Yeah, I love that, and I feel like you sit at that intersection of what this podcast even is—kindness in the arts. You know, using your art to promote kindness and lifting people up. And every show you've done, for the most part, in some way, kind of has that theme. I see that through line, and we all, you know. 
say yes to jobs early on where maybe there's not a theme that you're thinking about. But I feel like you bring that to your projects and I, I really appreciate that about you. And it made me wonder, was kindness and everything you just mentioned something you feel like you learned growing up in Spanish Harlem, I believe, and then I think you went to school in New Jersey or something? Yes. Uh, I'm a Jersey boy, so I remembered that. But do you feel like you learned it growing up or do you think you had to learn how to maybe not just be kind to others, but be kind to yourself as well, you got older? I think it's been a, a journey, right? I, I come from incredibly kind people. Mm. Uh, my mother and father specifically went out of their way to help so many people in their lives, including the people that they work for and the people that worked for them. Uh, for instance, my 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 mother and father's um, people that they that work for them in the Botanica that in Spanish Harlem that we were just talking about that still exists. They sold it to their employees and uh, helped their employees find another notch in their life to go forward and reach their American dream the way my parents did. Mm. I was just shown example over example over example of kindness, especially with people in need, uh, especially people who are coming to this country and finding their way forward here. I saw it over and over again. So I, I'm, I'm so grateful to them that that was the example that I had. It feels very true to me to go forward and try to do the same in my life. Yeah. Oh, you're so fortunate. That's That's amazing to hear. And I guess, did that extend to you then pursuing your dream in the arts? Do you feel like you were always really championed in that growing up? I think I think when I finally made the decision for myself, because at the end of the day, I I, I was holding myself back. Mm -hmm. uh, and I went, I, I remember my first year of college, I went to a different university, said, studied something completely different. Yet I was in every single kind of performing arts group you could possibly think about. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh my God, you could actually go to a conservatory program and study this and go do this with your life. And when I made that decision, my parents saw that I did everything I could to end up at the school that I ended up, to Ithaca College and their conservatory program. Uh, they supported me wholeheartedly. They always supported me in what was my hobby of performing uh, <laughs> you know, growing up. Um, yeah. so they thought that this is what I would be doing for the rest of my life. But when when they realized that I, I was going to be pursuing it with a passion and with my whole heart, they were 100% behind me. And yeah, don't you feel like, I think you said this even before in your definition of kindness with that authenticity and being yourself, don't you feel like owning the title of being a performer and an artist is just such a an important first step that a lot of us skip? I mean, I know I was scared and I kind of shirked it off and if someone asks what I do to this day, I have that voice in the back of my head. that's like, lead with your day job. You know, don't say actor for some reason. It, it's it's tough. But once you kind of own that, it it creates the path for you in a lot of ways because you're just unstoppable. After I just I love that you just said that, Robert. Like it, it is so important to me to let the world know what I do. And I, you're right. I did experience the same thing, especially when I was first starting out, when people would say, what do you do? And mm -hmm be hard for me to say I'm an actor or I'm a performer because there's always like, oh, you know, are you, yeah. you know, how are you doing? Are you waiting tables? Are you doing yep. this and the other thing? And I always wanted to be like, no, I'm not actually. I'm very mm -hmm. much pursuing what I want to do. And I may have a side job or something, but I'm an actor. 
right? And I'm yeah. working with developmental theater companies or working in downtown theaters or or trying to develop a new show. But this is what I'm doing. I'm developing the shows that you will be consuming in a couple of years when they reach that level. And I think there's something to be really proud of when you're, especially when you're starting off in this business. It's a tough business. You know this. I know mm -hmm. this. How tough this business is. And the last person that needs to be tough are ourselves, to ourselves. So I think... I. I, I think starting like as soon as we start, as soon as we hit the pavement in this in this business and kind of wearing that title of actor or performer or artist with pride is only going to help propel us forward even quicker. Yeah. Oh, that everyone rewind that and listen to that again if you're an artist or even if you're not. I think it's hard to own a lot of titles in this life. And that's such valuable advice because you're right. We got to be kind to ourselves. Everybody else is giving us no's, you're going to hear so many no's along the way. And it's like, if we can just give ourselves that yes, and that permission to be in that space. Yes, it's going to be a, the journey is going to be more enjoyable. And that's all we have really is the journey. Honestly, <laughs> otherwise, we're dead. Anyway, flying over your your uh, <laughs> career for a second. I wonder, is there an act of kindness that you feel like changed the trajectory of your career? It could be a recent one that led to your latest show or just one that sticks out from the long along the way someone that changed your life maybe i i um gosh there are so many mentors in my life that's good um, yeah you know and and i i just love it but one specific kind of phrase that stuck out to me especially when i was starting off like way way back is to be the best person uh in every to yourself to your spirit and to everybody around you in every single room and every situation that you're walking into. Mm. Um, and that meant if you're in a high school choir, you know, you do everything you can to show up and, and be that light in that room because it will be infectious and the work will be even that much better if that happens. And it's always stuck into my head. I've always tried to take a version of that and try to infuse that in my work. Mm. And especially with my colleagues, it is very important to me that my colleagues feel seen, that they feel appreciated, and that they feel calm and mm. peaceful around me. And I do everything I can to create an environment like that, no matter what room I'm in. And, you know, it's it's made my life better. It's made my work situations better. Yeah. It's the projects that I work with better. And it's made my collaborators kind of become these dream collaborators that I, that I, I could have only, you know, hoped to work for. Mm. Everybody that I've worked with in the past kind of four or five years mm. has been really astonishing to work with. Mm. And I think it starts from you, right? It starts yeah. from being from that, that place of calm and peace and openness and light. Yes, I think you get what you give. And first of all, thank you for doing that. We need more people doing that in this business, especially someone who's now, I was going to say maybe number one on the call sheet, but leading a cast in a lot of ways. We, we need that to start from the top. And you get what you give. So people are giving that back to you. And then I don't remember if I said first of all or A, but I'll go with B. Second of all, B, I <laughs> feel, yeah, I, I, I just, I feel like we need more people to do that. And also in a sense, I lost my thought, which is totally fine because I have another question for you anyway. <laughs> no one needs me to, oh no, I was wondering how how do you do that? Do you have practices for doing that and ways you specifically do that you, that you feel like listeners could then incorporate into their own rehearsal rooms or or life? I mean, I I know there was an exercise a casting director told me a while ago that really stuck with me and it was 
going through your actory senses of the best day of your life, thinking about one of the best days of your life, and then really breaking it down by the, the smells, all the details, uh, the sights. And then every time you enter a room, just trying to conjure that up. So you're in that space and you're thinking yeah. about that. Do you have anything sort of that you do in that regard? I, I, yes, I do. I do actually. And, um, now that you're saying about it, I, like talking about it, I, I, I never really realized that I do this consistently, but I do, especially yeah. right before I start a performance or right before I walk into a rehearsal room. I very much give thanks to the people who have helped me in my life, specifically my my father and mother, thing that I just do mentally. And I do it almost before every single performance that I start. And I also have a mantra that I tell myself that is very important to me, which is, where am I? I ask the question, where am I here? What time is it now? There are no ordinary moments. And I kind of just go mm. from that from that mantra and it really inspires me to be as present as possible and to be as open as possible to anything that may kind of immediately come my way right because we yeah. are we are kind of inundated with so much information the moment you open a door or the moment a curtain goes up and it's usually yeah. things that are completely out of our hands mm. and all you can do is is react calmly and peacefully and with the best intentions. Yes. <laughs> and I always feel like anything that will kind of ground me in the present moment is going to be something that is going to make my day better and my experience better going forward. That's a long-winded answer. And I hope- Wow, no, I'm <laughs> I'm so grateful for it. I'm about to tattoo that onto my foot, your, your mantra. <laughs> and every time I look down, it'll remind me that I'm grounded because it is- <laughs> a world where we forget to be in that present moment you know you could be on stage thinking about what you're going to buy at trader joe's after the show it's like it's yeah. hard sometimes to stay in that moment so i love that you just gave a tangible answer that people can try out and see if it works for them and it's kind of perfect for my next question which is about being here in a lot of ways and before we get to how to dance in ohio i just feel like i have to ask you about come from away because yes. that show i mean that show is brimming with kindness and we've had some lovely folks from it on here. And I know some some people that worked on it. And I mean, the details of that show, just getting to go on stage and feel that the trees were actually from Gander. I mean, there's so many amazing things about that show, but I'll just ask you one question. I won't overload you. <laughs> Again, since it's brimming with kindness, I wonder, is there one lesson of kindness that you have imprinted on your heart from that show? Or it could also be a story of an act of kindness if that Absolutely. I think the 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 whole intention and moral and and you know theme of the story is that the tiniest, like the smallest act of kindness can cause a domino effect that can change the world. And the way I took that, I mean, you saw it in it, everywhere in the show, right? People yeah. making speeches, people letting people borrow clothes, people buying clothes for others, people just speaking to, to people uh, and being friendly. These were not massive things that were mm -hmm. happening in the show. And look what happened with that show. You know, look at what happened because of this incredible community in Gander that opened their hearts and opened their doors to others. And the way I see that in my everyday life is something as simple as a smile to someone as you're walking down the street, you know, that this, this almost unheard of act of opening a door for others that just does not happen anymore. Who would have thought? <laughs> you know, anything, anything can change someone's day and yeah. you will not realize it. And it's almost better that you don't. It's almost better that you lead your day 
with kindness, knowing that you want, you know, you want to bring light into a situation or into a room or into a sidewalk or wherever you are, and that it may help somebody, even in the smallest way. Um, you know, you look at someone and you smile at them on the street and not a creepy smile, just a genuine. You know, <laughs> we are the same. I've said that. I say the same thing. I'm like, not a creepy way. But when I had a mask on, it was hard. My eyes were like bulging out of my face. And <laughs> totally. But like your day changes when someone smiles at me and it feels genuine. And it feels like it's coming from their heart or someone says hi, you know, it, mm. it almost takes me back. Yeah. And my my energy changes you know your energy changes if you make somebody laugh it is it, it is just impossible if someone is laughing it is impossible for them to experience any kind of pain you know or or sadness in their in their bodies and mm. so imagine what you know the gift of laughter can do to somebody which is hard on stage if you get the giggles <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> but it's also the best that's why i love saturday night live and and all those moments i you love know. laughing especially with friends yeah. like friends know me as a huge goofball and I, I try to make i'm trying to make people laugh all the time yeah because i think i'm a, a huge comedian but because it brightens their day and it certainly brightens my day and it makes the situation in the room better yeah, please do a cover of I Love to Laugh from Mary Poppins. We can do it together. I think that'd be, that song's a little underrated for me. Do a, a different version of it. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's science behind it. I work with an organization called kindness.org and they actually partnered with Come From Away. And there's literal science behind these things that it comes back to you. It's good for your yeah. well-being. People that are kind are considered more attractive. There's data behind it. So there's not really reasons not to do it. And I, I, I love that your career is showcasing this most recently with How to Dance in Ohio. So let's boogie woogie on over there for a second. <laughs> I know to start you had a, a roundabout journey with the show, or it seems like it, and you kind of missed out on some of the initial development, which I know has been a, a big part of your career. And, you know, just reading how the show was really shaped by the performers in it, I would love to first find out what the creative process was like for you as an actor. You know, I... Um... It, this was such a beautiful process and it was interesting. I'm usually in shows from the ground up, right? From the years yeah. of development. And I, I, like you said, I missed out, I think on the first table read that ever existed when Hal Prince was directing the show, wow. I was asked to come in and, and read, read, read Dr. Amigo for that table read. And I, I think I was out of town doing come to come from away. So I could not do it. Mm. That was the last time I ever heard about the show. And then here I am doing Sammy Cannell's Evita in ART. Um, and I see that a role is opening up in How to Dance in Ohio. And I read the breakdown. I said, wow, this, this seems like something I could do. I sat down and watched the documentary and said, oh, my God, how, how can I be? A, I have to be a part of this. How can I be a part of this? I feel very connected to it. I remember I was sitting next to my mom and she was crying watching the documentary and i looked over i said why are you crying this is filling me with so much joy uh watching this documentary watching these these young men and women like you know just burst forward in their lives it's really mm -hmm. inspiring and so i emailed sammy and i said listen i don't know if i'm right for this i don't know if the roles changed but can i can i be a part of it and uh thank god i i got the audition and went in a couple of times and i was cast and I walk into a room that's been working with each other for, oh, I think over two and a half years together on this show. Mm. Uh, their arms wide open and knowing that I was coming in almost at a disadvantage, right? Because everybody 
has knows the show deeply in their bones and I'm coming in new and my role was being changed. I mean, I think by the minute it was being wow. changed daily. They were really experimenting with the storyline, his storyline, his daughter's storyline, his trajectory in the show. So it was it was a beautiful process, but it was no joke. It was mm -hmm. constant change. It was it felt like two years of workshopping condensed in about two and a half weeks that we wow. had. Wow. And I joined it because I was still doing Avita. At that point, we were in Washington, D.C. So it, it was quite a process. Yeah. And, you know, I had I had changes basically up until the moment, actually, even after we froze, and that's in quotes, the <sighs> show, I continued to get changes on this character. Uh, it, it was a beautiful, it, what I loved about it is that our team would not let up. And that's really inspiring to see. It's inspiring. Mm. It's inspiring to see people who really want to do the work because they care about this so much. Mm. We care about this show so much. We care about this message so much. It has to get out there. And let me tell you, this is a tough season. It's a yeah. tough time on Broadway. It just is. Yeah. And this show needs to be heard. People who come to see this, this show are viscerally moved and changed by it. So I'm hoping people keep coming. I know I was. It was similar to come from away in the sense, being in the audience, that the audience just had this communal feeling that I haven't experienced at other shows. I mean, when yeah. we saw it, there were people talking back to y'all on stage. There were people oh, reacting yeah. viscerally. <laughs> and it was yeah. so special to see, you know, there were, there were people I could see just seeing themselves on stage. I mean, there were so many levels of, of beauty in the audience that I can yes. imagine getting that every night is so special. I hear it over and over again from friends who goes, I don't know, there was a stranger sitting next to me and we're like grabbing each other's arms and just looking at the stage and you're like, oh my God. Um, because they did people that. filming in front of us and I was like, what are you doing? And then I realized it, it was your swings. <laughs> then, okay, that's okay, that's fine. We're incredible. They've each gone on at this point and there's something else and have made their own versions of each role. It's really quite mm. something. Well, looking at that, Caesar, being ourselves is something I feel like we're taught at a young age, and yet it's one of the hardest things to do, to walk into an audition room as yourself, to be in that two-week condensed rehearsal process and bring yourself to the role. Are you cognizant of how you do that? How do you let Caesar shine through? Oh, my, for me, it's been years of kind of like finally understanding and learning over and over and over again that I have to let go. I have to let go. There's so many times where, uh, oh, I'm going to audition and I think this is what they want. So I'm going to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, it's an and let me tell you, it is an immediate no. It is yeah. an immediate no over and over and over and over again. And, you know, I was like, gosh, why? Why is nothing working out? Why am I not booking this job? Why isn't this working out? And the moment I started being myself and simplifying and trying to let what I do, like me, shine through is the moment things started to change. Uh, mm. Not only in my career, but in my life. I mean, how many times do we mask who we, we are as yeah. people over and over and over again? Yeah. Especially in a city like New York, where the guards are up a lot, you mm. know? So for me, it is, a, it is probably the most important lesson to learn as an actor. And it's something that you, I think we're going to keep on learning throughout entire our entire career because there's always the voices saying oh this is what they want or this is what you should do or or you are not enough i just want people to keep repeating it and shouting it so people so we can all kind of 
understand it and be reminded regularly that we are enough and that is what's going to make us unique in mm. any situation. Yes, that that is so wonderful. I'm glad you said that. And it's it's the truth because this is a people first business. And even if you don't think you're quote unquote right for a role, if you bring yourself to it and you're grounded and you have fun with it, maybe you won't book that role because maybe the, it doesn't fit for X, Y, and Z, but you're gonna build a relationship and they'll remember you and they'll call you in maybe for something else. and Or maybe you will book, book it and you'll be something they didn't even know they wanted. At, at the end of the day, it's better off just to enjoy it and be you versus sitting there. We've all been in that rabbit hole of, a cop wouldn't move his eyebrows like this. I remember I, I did something for law and order and I'm like, I could never be a, a cop. And someone was like, why not? In another life you could have been. Absolutely. And not only that, you were called in for the audition. So someone thinks you're a cop. And that's a win. Just getting an audition <laughs> is also a win in, in these days. You know, moving back to your character, I, did you get to speak with, I think you've said you've got, got to speak with the real Dr. Amigo. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. And he has helped me so much. Uh, what an inspiring man. Honestly, what he has done, what, what his heart and what he feels for his clients is, is really unbelievable. Mm. I experienced it firsthand on opening night when he was watching each of his clients. We bowed with our counterparts opening night. Oh, wow. That's so special. I'm standing there, you know, with Dr. Amigo and he's watching each client come up on stage and, and take a bow. And every ounce of his body was leaning forward and his focus was 100% on them. And then I said, this is mm. un watching you watch your clients. And he turned to me and said, you don't understand how much their lives have changed. This moment of being in front of thousands of people and experiencing this is something they can never go back from. Their life right now took a step forward and they will never be able to go back. They crossed the threshold, a learning threshold today because mm. of this, and they will always have this. And that really kind of shook me to my core that even incredible. in like that, he was focused 100% on his clients. And Dr. Amigo was actually the person who told me in our first Zoom call that, you know, oh, people said that he's, you know, he does dad jokes and he's a goofball. He makes people <laughs> laugh. And he said, because that that situation, you know, learning in, in the situations that he helps with his clients is a stressful situation for everybody involved. And the moment you introduce laughter, the stress goes away and then the real work can happen. And I really took that to heart in the way I explored who Dr. Amigo was for myself and how much I wanted to bring humor and lightheartedness to the role and to the situations that I'm in. I got it from Dr. Amigo. I got it. Mm. He's doing it on purpose. It is a it's part of his teaching tools to kind of take the stress away out of the room through laughter and through joy. So then he can do the real work. Isn't that what St. Dolly Parton says? Be Find who you are and do, do it on purpose. St. <laughs> yeah. Dolly Parton. Our Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's clicking for me now too. And maybe you already know this, but why you are so wonderful in this role is you're bringing yourself to it. And maybe you don't realize that not only do you shine bright, but like you're saying about Dr. Amigo, you're able to to shine your brightness on others. You're like a spotlight in the show on your on your own because I, I got that from you watching you. And what's really interesting is there's the point where maybe something, it's like a little confusing because you're like, wait, is his spotlight shining on them? And then it's sort of this like, this moment of, I don't know if this is the right term for it, but it feels like it touches on performative activism a bit in this story. You know, while his, his work is amazing and has good intentions, he sort of gets 
caught up in the limelight, which is very relevant for today's world. So what do you think, yeah, what do you think is the lesson there for audiences to take away where people are literally doing that on social media, whether they have a platform or not? It's like, oh, the other day was Martin Luther King Day. It's like people just throw up a post. It's something goes wrong. People throw up a post and maybe they're not as informed. It's just, it's a different world. So that really struck me to see that on stage. What I love about about our show is that everything there there's an intention and everything has been thought out you know we have this kind of horrible pattern on broadway where neurodivergent uh actors and actresses and characters are the people having the breakdowns Mm -hmm. are the people misunderstanding and missing social cues and making mistakes And in our show, it was very important that the neurotypical character is the person who has the breakdown and the missed social cues and makes the mistake. Mm. Uh, So it was important that Dr. Amigo is the person who gets caught up in this, right? But what I love about it most is that he realizes it and he apologizes and he Mm. changes and moves forward from that. We see the moment of reckoning. We see the moment of understanding what he's done to his clients, uh, how he's behaved, whether it was intentional or not, whether it was a mistake or not, and he owns up to it. And he says, I'm sorry, because we're not all perfect, right? We all may do social media posts where we're not that informed, thinking we're being supportive when actually we're being a little bit destructive or yeah. add to the noise out there. And the important part of that is not to take offense to it because you thought you were doing well. The important part is to say, wow, I didn't realize, I'm so sorry that this is what happened. Hmm. I can be better going forward. And thank you for telling me. I think we could all take a little bit of a lesson from that. (laughs) The accountability, you're so right. And I also love that it's then one of your clients that has the agency and sort of propels the story to this ending that I won't spoil. So (laughs) yeah, I, I, I think that's amazing. Everything you're talking about and the intentions shine through and it's just it's different on a lot of levels everybody goes see it you know (laughs) as a performer when you're in this kind of eight show a week broadway grind which is living the dream but at the same time it's a lot of work how do you show yourself kindness (laughs) well i want to be very clear it's a job and you know people say oh you you know uh, you shouldn't feel tired because you're on Broadway or something. You know, I hear it over and over and over again. Why are you complaining? You're in a Broadway show. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You're giving your 100% of your your body and your mental uh, abilities to the work. You're surrounded by people. You are exuding energy and exuding a, a story to thousands of people a night. And I'm not complaining about it, but I also want to respect the fact that it is a job and it is a hard job. That's a job that I'm very proud of, but it is a job and it takes taking care of yourself. It takes bringing as much peace in your life. It, it, it takes a lot of work to be able to do the job to the best of your abilities. So yes, self-care for me is massive. I focus mm. on it all the time. And I think it's very different for everybody, but for me, it's quiet. And for me, it's bringing peace into my life. And for me, it's spending time on my own. I cherish the time that I get to spend by myself because I get to reset and I get to kind of empty the tank a bit before I walk into a theater space, before I walk into Midtown and it gets filled up with so much that's out there. But for me, I do need to kind of then leave the space. I don't live anywhere near Midtown. It's important for 
need to be able to leave and go to a peaceful environment and empty out again in order to be able to go back and do it to the best of my ability. And I do think that other people have different ways of doing it, you know? Some people thrive in it, thrive in like the, you know, hundreds of people everywhere. And I'm not one of those people. And that's that's totally fine. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I feel like I can only thrive in groups of people if I have my hour alone walk every day to be like on my own and just walking around (laughs) (laughs) because you need to you need to refill your cup like you're saying and i can imagine especially with this show like we talked about this this audience that's just so engaged throughout you know do you have any stories you could share from a moment that really touched you you shared the beautiful opening night bow but i wonder with audience members specifically as i think is, is your stage door open Yes. I'm trying yeah. to status that. Anything in that, re- I'm sure you get so many, but anything in that regard that's really touched your heart? Oh my gosh. I, I, there were two instances where these two kind of young, uh, young men, they were teenagers, they were in high school. And it's, it happened almost the same exact way where, you know, you, you do the, the autograph line and it's just an unbelievable experience for our show. Our, our audiences, are, is, is not your typical Broadway audience and it's changing in a massive way. It's incredible mm. what's happening at our theater. And, you know, that that finished up and I happened to be talking to two friends from my hometown who came to see the show and a woman came up to me and said, I'm so sorry to, to bother you. You said, but my, my son is, you know, we're, we're from New Jersey. My son is in high school and he he, he goes, this show changed his life. And I look over and it's this young teenager, I mean, just crying. And and he just, he could hardly speak. And he said, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you and this cast for opening my eyes to, to a community that I, I just didn't understand in situations that I did not understand. Mm. So here I am in high school and there's, there's people with autism all around me. And I never understood what was happening here and how... I could relate to every single person on that stage and understand everything they were going through because I'm going through it. So I feel like our show has this ability to kind of like burst people's heart open and also give a very huge aha moment. Mm. A very kind of very serious moment. I was like, wow, I understand now. I understand much more than I did before. And that happened to me twice. And I, I, this is, you know, it, it, it just really moved me. It really moved me that this, this is how it happened. And that a father and mother had to come up to me and say, you know, my son here has not stopped crying since mm. the bit, And he just wants to say something to you. And that's, that's what was that, that is the gift that I received that, you know, that, that they were able to see life and their friends and, their fellow students just a little bit differently because of our show. Mm, that's so touching. It's the humanity of it all. The, your show, it just, it, it exudes humanity and how a lot of the times we all put ourselves in different categories and we think we're so different, but at the core, we have so many things that unite us. And that's one of the beautiful things I, I walked away with too. So I'm glad people are telling you that because you all deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we mentioned the the Velasco Theater, and this is a this might take us down a different route, but I just I know <laughs> I know it's one of the most haunted theaters on Broadway. Oh my gosh, it, I, it is, and I have castmates who are like, I feel it. I feel. Yeah, I do feel you have it. ghost stories? I just love well, them. I mean, it is 
definitely unlike any other theater that I've been in. You know, okay. the backstage, even, even the backstage, Houdini used to perform there and there's something called an elephant room where you walk back there and it is massive. It's the size of our stage and it is backstage of a Broadway house and where it's where all the elephants were held for his magic act. So you could imagine <sighs> how huge this room is. It feels like it's like three floors. And this is, if you've been backstage in a Broadway house, it is not big. It is tiny. It's cramped. It's not glamorous whatsoever. <laughs> you have this massive space there. So there is that. There's a whole floor where David Belasco's apartment uh, is that oh, honestly yeah. looks like it's out of a horror film. <laughs> it's yeah, a is bad that open? Movie. Can you go up there? If you go up, you could go all the way up and there's signs like, you know, no one allowed past this point. But if you just like look around the corner and look, I mean, it's out of a horror flick, what, what you experience. Wow. Because um, you had that elevator that people say they still hear, right? Exactly. Exactly. There's that. And, you know, weird little things have happened around the theater, too, and with our sets and during performance. And um, we always like to blame it on on the ghosts. <laughs> sharing the, the space with us at the Velasco. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I think they're they're loving this show. Maybe that's why nothing too crazy has, has happened because <laughs> they're, they're vibing with it. They're dancing along. I you know. So. Yeah, that's so funny. I, I did do a little, you know, when, when I came in, I, I just said, you know, we're here for good. You know, please welcome us. And I, I hope everything's great. <laughs> that I'm sure they appreciated that. Good. <laughs> that intention is like, ooh. Maybe next time I come, I'll wear a sheet and I'll just be in the back like, ah! <laughs> be like, oh, that's that little Muppet that I talked to one time. Uh, from, from How to Dance in Ohio to Come From Away, we, we've been touching on how, and I've heard you speak to this. I think on your Instagram, you shared a video of you speaking about projects that spotlight the importance of lifting each other up. And we've definitely touched on that. What do you personally believe is the best way to lift someone up? I don't mean like bending down and putting your hands under them and, and throwing them in the air <laughs> and putting them on ropes, but mentally. <laughs> I think appreciation is massive. I don't think we do it enough. I think telling people, telling people, especially people that we love and people that inspire us, telling them how we feel uh, about them is huge. I think showing up is, mm. is massive. You know, it's really hard in, in this day and age. If you pick up a phone and call a friend, they think something horrible has happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, if texts, it's like you know, we've, we're, we're not as connected as we used to be. Mm. And I think doing anything that you can in order to connect even just a little bit with the people that you love in your life. And, and also what we talked about before, you know, these small acts of kindness to strangers will make your life better. I promise you. I mm. promise your life, your day, the, that minute will become better in your life, which will propel you forward as well. And mm. I just want to kind of reiterate that, how important that is. Thank you. If we And if we all did that, it's a ripple effect. So if we all did that, the world would just be such a, a brighter and more lovely place. And that's not to say we have to be toxically uh, positive all the time because, you know, you should be where you are, but you shouldn't sever the connections with others when we see them. You know, how many times at the supermarket are you just looking down at your phone when you could be saying, oh, I love your glasses. I love your shirt. And it just, it, these little things really do have a massive impact. 100%. And listen, I'm not talking about like skipping down the street every day and, no. you know, singing like a Disney character, which I love. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a good time if you have costumes, yeah. you know, try them on. 
But no, I'm I'm talking about uh, you know leading life with a little bit more intention and peace. You know, bringing calm to a room, bringing calm to a situation, bringing calm to your life, to yourself. You know, one of my huge goals is how do I make my life as peaceful as possible? Mm, that's a great goal. Mine is having pieces of cake and. Sorry, I don't know where I'm going with that. No, I love that goal. But speaking of connecting with others and appreciating others, I have a surprise game. What? It's called okay. the compliment game. It's not really much of a game, Caesar, but I do have a cheesy theme song that I'm going to insert here. Everyone's beautiful in their own way. It's the compliment game on the AOK. Okay. It's the compliment, 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 compliment game. game. <laughs> Basically, I reached out to someone in your life for a compliment about you or like a loving statement. I'm going to read it to you and then you have to guess who said it. Oh my gosh. <gasps> okay, Wait, you ready? I'm, I'm, I'm so oh, nervous. Sorry. Okay, so people freak out if there's no rules. There's, there's not really any rules. But we'll say you get like three guesses. You can okay. ask me yes or no questions. I don't know. Actually, I do know. I do know some things because this is actually a mutual friend and that's how I got this one pretty easily. I'll read did it to you and then together? I'll, did I work with this person? Did we work together? Did, did this we person? We all did. This, yeah, this Zoom has has worked with this person and I can okay. give you some, this person, I, I'm obsessed with this person. I can give you some hints, but I'm gonna read you it. And okay. I'm sure a lot of people feel this way about you, but there is a hint in the quote that I'm gonna try and hit. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. When you meet Caesar, you immediately see that he is a kind person his warm and sparkling eyes and charming smile put you at ease. His joyful personality and his mischievous wit is delightful, and you look forward to being in his presence. And though I have not seen him in a while, my memories of our time together always make me smile. He is a true giant of kindness. <laughs> First of all, I'm like tearing up from that. That is probably one of the oh. most beautiful things uh, that has been said to me. So thank you. Oh, oh my gosh. This is a hard one. It's this is tough. I'll say the, I'll, I'll try and hit the, the hint again. And then I have a, another hint if you need it. He is a true giant of kindness. Giant in all caps apparently is a, is a hint. <sighs> <laughs> i mean i hear what you're saying but i'm, I'm okay where giant would fit into my life let's get some questions in here some yes or no's some okay. uh, have we worked recently together no is this someone that i grew up with no did i go to college with this person no um i don't think so <laughs> uh, i'm the worst <laughs> <laughs> come from away cast me not come from away okay a sister act cast me yes oh wow my mind just went like <gasps> i have a, a hint too that i think would might i don't know if it would give it away actually but i have it what's the hint <laughs> okay this person didn't get flowers from aretha either oh is it john yeah, John Tracy Egan. John Tracy Egan! Oh, JT! <laughs> so much. Isn't he the best? He really is. We just he did really Jersey is. Boys together, and I'm surprised we didn't get fired because it was like, <laughs> he was popping out from behind walls, scaring the shit out of me. I was like popping out. It was, it, he's so much fun. We had, Sister Act was so much fun. 
honestly, like from the first day till the day we closed, we were just fools. <laughs> He told me about some some nun wars going on, some prank oh, wars. Gosh, and it was over and over again. And all the principal men shared a whole floor. Everyone's dressing room was on the same floor. <laughs> and our just incredible women who were, you know, belting to the rafters and wearing 30 pound costumes and in every single number we're working so hard and we had two numbers that you know made the audience like just roar with laughter and backed <laughs> it and like a, a five minute chase scene so imagine all the time that we had up up in our dressing rooms just to plan all kinds of pranks all over that theater <laughs> <laughs> yeah he told me about it one in particular where there was something with texting and people were turning on each other and he was like okay i, I think i have to tell them that i'm the prankster <laughs> they might have taken it too far but i love that that's so much fun thank you jt oh, he's the best thank you jt and thank you for sharing that like what oh, that, that just made my day honestly that's so beautiful oh i'm so glad well this made my day and i'm gonna let you go enjoy yours so my final question is Do you have a tangible kindness or wellness tip you can share with listeners that if they did it every day, you think would make the world better? And you shared a lot of those along the way, but if another kind of tangible thing comes to mind, something people can do big or small. I mean, for, for me, it's, it's uh, maybe I said this before, but be the, be the light, right? Be the light in a room, be the light in your, in, in your heart, in how you approach your day. And that, you know, that can seem like gosh what does that mean for me that means the simplest acts of kindness and self-care mm -hmm. you know the moment you do that things will start getting better and it is a domino effect i promise you it's a domino effect and yeah. things will start getting better it may not be immediate but it will happen and what about those moments maybe even in a work setting in the rehearsal room or just in life when there's a lot of darkness creeping in and maybe you're trying to put the light out there, but there's some stressful situations. It's sometimes hard to navigate these moments in the arts with kindness. <laughs> uh, you know, we were talking about our, every rehearsal process is difficult. Mm. How to Dance in Ohio was difficult. Putting up a brand new Broadway show is crazy amounts of work. Mm. You know, you really go through it. You start doubting yourself. You start doubting your abilities. You get imposter syndrome. And the only way I've been able to go through that is to breathe through it, you know, to really acknowledge that that's what's happening and understand that feeling that way is very finite. It's going to change. Maybe it'll change in a couple of hours, but it will change in a day or two. Mm. And just keep breathing through it. I'm a person that will tend to hold on, you know, with mm -hmm. all my being when I'm feeling stressed. And the more you try to let that go and breathe through it and remind yourself, okay, what is like the one beautiful thing? What's the one positive thing that happened today or that I saw somebody do or that inspired me or, or something that I heard that gave me a little bit of a light bulb moment? Focus on that. You know, yeah. I understand. I, I just went through it with this rehearsal process. It was really difficult, you know, and I very much doubted myself. And I was encouraged to keep breathing and keep going and knowing that this is finite. It will. Yeah, I love that. You can't have the light without darkness. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think even as a singer, it's like 
if you're not focusing on the beauty of the moment in the story, that's when you get caught up in your throat and it's like, we don't sing with our throat. So there's stress and it doesn't going to sound good. So it's on a basic level as a performer, breathing (laughs) is incredibly helpful. And everything you said, I think is inspirational and will be helpful to our listeners. But most of all, I just want to thank you for being such a positive light and role model in this industry. We need more people like you. And I'm so grateful we got to share this time together. Thank you so much, Robert. I'm so grateful for this and for you and what you're doing uh, as well. It's really beautiful and it's helping a lot of us. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) But thank you. This was awesome. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate you, friend. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you, you too. Thanks. And now it's time for your kindness tip of the week. I am here with the one and only Cassie Peterpaw. Hello. I know it's exciting. She, I wish she was here for every conversation and every episode, but I usually reel her in when I can't think of a kindness tip. And that's becoming often because we've had over how many? A hundred something kindness tips. So if you have any kindness tips, please DM them to me. Email us. Our email is in the show notes. I would love to hear your kindness tips. What are we going to say? <laughs> because this, we were thinking about this show, which we both had the wonderful opportunity of seeing together and a tangible kindness tip that it inspired in us. And I think we're going to keep this one pretty simple, would you say? Yeah. So what is it, Cassie, please? Very actionable. Um, sadly, How to Dance in Ohio is closing in February, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, so... The kindness tip is keep the story alive, whether that be supporting the story if it goes on tour or, or comes to a theater near you uh, or watching the documentary or talking to someone who's seen it or listening again to this podcast episode. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> There's your tangible kindness tip of, of the week, of the year. And following, I think also following the people involved and supporting yes, their journeys. Yes, on social media. Mm-hmm. And you can follow the show on social media. You can check everybody out. Of course, Caesar, who was such a phenomenal guest that we had the wonderful opportunity to talk to today. I think that's a great kindness tip. Thank you. Even just Googling it, you know, if you're not in a position to go see the show, just researching it, it actually makes a difference. It It puts it, it bumps it in the algorithm. You know, we want people to keep talking about this show because it was historic. It's important. And I just love that Broadway is leaning into the humanity of it all because we're humans. (laughs) okay hopefully that made sense both of us are a little loony they've been doing construction next door all day lots of banging that you know made our heads rattle a little bit possibly too much but (laughs) we love you we appreciate you and until next time please remember everything everything is going oh wait we should i think we should line up is it everything's or everything everything everything's gonna be gonna be (laughs) can someone cue us count one Everything's Everything's gonna gonna be be a-okay. Oh, she kissed my cheek. (laughs) 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.